Sidebar every Monday to Thursday from 7 to 8 p.m. on Kaya FM 95.9. It is a minute after 7 o'clock and a very good evening to you. You are listening to Kaya FM 95.9. This is the home of the Afropolitan and you are listening to Sidebar with Cindy Fansale. Normally it would be with Dr. Cindy Fansale, but today is different as it has been for the past couple of days. My name is uh, Sotomayor and I'm standing in for Dr. Cindy who's still a bit under the weather um, but she will be back with us hopefully as soon as is possible. So today is a Wednesday and today I suppose the biggest thing that's happened today we've been talking about vaccines, we've been talking about the first vaccines um, that have been taking place in Kailicha as well as the President of the Republic getting his uh, vaccination. So that ties in very nicely with the conversation that we're having this evening. We're talking about science, a man of science that is. We're going to be talking to Sanjile Kele and uh, you might be wondering why that name might sound familiar to you. I will tell you all about it in a second. Because a conversation a day is exactly what the doctor ordered. Sidebar with Cindy every Monday to Thursday from 7 to 8 p.m. on Kaya FM 95.9. Now it is uh, two minutes after seven and like I said earlier on, you're listening to the home of the Avropolitan and you are listening to Sidebar with uh, Dr. Cindy and uh, I am Sotomayor standing in for Dr. Cindy Van Sale and I did say earlier on that we're talking um, to Sandy Lekrele who is I suppose a man of science and uh, his name might sound very familiar because uh, I mean I read the story about this amazing young man um, a couple of weeks ago in the newspaper but I've seen him every now and then um, in, in other media spheres. I've seen people talking about him on Twitter as well and talking about the great and amazing work that he's done. He is a scientist. He is a PhD student as well and uh, he's one of the well he is a part of a team that basically managed to grow um, the COVID-19 virus in a lab and why this is very important is because it allowed them to at least research the virus, understand the virus a bit more and understand how the new variant responds to antibodies, especially from the first strain of uh, COVID-19. So like I said, you know, this conversation um, segues very nicely into what is happening today uh, in terms of the vaccines that have been taking place. Um, And uh, without further ado, he joins us now on the line. Sanjale, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to finally speak to you because we had to convince you and cajole you <laughs> and like, please. <laughs> so I'm very, very, very happy that uh, you finally agreed to speak to us. It's very lovely to speak to you. And I'm especially, especially excited because I'm excited about the work that you've done. I want to know how you did it. What made you want to do it? You know, talking about... Before we talk about who you are, um, because I'm sure everybody wants to know about who you are, you know, how you came to be a scientist, to be somebody that works with science. Let's talk a little bit about what you did over the December period when many people were like resting and uh, (laughs) going on holiday or at least trying to go on holiday and trying to fight over the liquor and what's happening with the liquor. You grew the COVID-19 virus in a lab. Can you just... Tell us a little bit about that. How did you grow the virus, number one? Uh, once again, th- thank you for having me. It's mm. not that I didn't want to <laughs> um, talk to you guys. <laughs> I, I had a bit of a, uh, a very busy week, so... Yeah, no, yeah, I can understand. I'm scared I'm, I'm here now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, listen, I can totally understand. Okay, with everything that's going on yeah. in the world, I can understand how you can have a busy day every day. Um, so, yes, so how did you grow the virus? How do they grow the virus? Yeah, I mean, obviously in the most basic terms, because you're speaking to somebody who doesn't really understand science, in the most basic terms, how did you grow yeah. the virus? Yeah. Firstly, uh, I would like to point out that uh, it's not that you started doing this work around uh, December, when the second wave came. Mm, mm. It's something that we've been doing for a couple of months now. I think when the first case of uh, corona was reported here in SA, it was around March, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I think you're correct, yeah. Yeah, my supervisor, or rather my mentor, Dr. Alex Gall, called us in for a meeting and said we needed to to stop what we were doing because we were working on HIV and TB and all that stuff. Mm. They said we needed to stop that and then see how we can then help uh, in terms of studying corona and see what we can do as a lab. Okay. So from there, we started getting uh, 
we, we got a study going where we were getting samples from uh, hospitals around uh, Devon. Mm. So they bring samples to us, like your blood samples, where we get antibodies. They will bring your your swabs, which has the actual virus. Mm. So as part of my PhD project, wants to look at then um, what will happen if the virus starts to evolve. What will these variants mean in terms of how the virus behaves? Mm-hmm. So and then the second wave came while I was there. Still, like looking at other minor variants, with like a, a, a few mutations, we didn't say much. But then there was this new uh, second wave, and which had so many mutations. Mm-hmm. So then, my, uh, I concentrated solely on this uh, new variant. Okay. So how how we grow it in the lab? We actually get a swab from the hospital. Mm-hmm. We bring it in a PSL three laboratory. Mm-hmm. This is a negative pressure lab. Like when you open the door, the, get, the air gets sucked in, so nothing goes out. It only goes in. Okay. But I think it's important to mention that because uh, the virus, once it's in the lab, it never leaves the lab. So you it can't it can't get out at all. Exactly. There's no escape for the virus. Mm-hmm. We take it from the hospital and bring it in our lab, and all the experiments that we do are done inside the PSM tree. Okay. Okay, so that's very comforting yeah. to know that it's not coming exactly. out. <laughs> yeah. And then to grow a virus, you need to get a virus in the lab of which you got from uh, this new variant. I think it's emerged in uh, Eastern Cape. So mm-hmm. we couldn't get it in the hospital around Devon. Mm-hmm. But we are lucky enough to be in the same building with uh, uh, Prof Tulio, who is with Chris, who was uh, kind enough to give us samples from Eastern Cape as he received these samples as part of a genomic surveillance. Okay, okay. So when he gave us, you need to have a cell line, like cells that have receptors for the virus. Mm-hmm. So that when you put the virus onto these cells, the cells will bind to the receptor and then it gets engulfed or it gets inside the cell. Once it gets inside the cell, then the virus starts uh, replicating and then producing even more virus. We then harvest this virus, and this will be used for further studies. Okay, so that is basically how you got the virus, how you grew the virus. That that's basically how viruses are grown, because it it's, it didn't just start with the SARS-CoV-2. As I've mentioned, we've mm-hmm. also been working with HIV. We're doing quite a similar thing. That's why it was easy for us to switch to stop what we're doing in HIV and switch to SARS-CoV because we've been working with viruses before. Okay, and why why was it important to actually grow? Um, the virus? I mean, when you first decided on the project as a team and you decided that we are going to grow this virus, did you know what you were going to do with it? What we, what were you going to be working on? Well, when you started, like as you've, uh, you've mentioned that we, we are a team, like it's a, it's a group. Yeah. So initially we wanted to see if uh, people with HIV, are they more susceptible to SARS uh, or not, mm-hmm. but that was just a basic, a basic like a broader, uh, a broader idea on what uh, to do as a as a team. Mm-hmm. Then you said that when you said as part of my PhD project, as I'm in a virology lab, I should then focus on the virus itself, like do the virology study the vari- the variants as I said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is important as you've mentioned. You need to know. We know that. It is it's in uh, it's it's in it is the nature of the virus to mutate like to change in its gene as it multiplies and take new form yeah exactly so we knew this was going to happen so I wanted to check whether these changes that will come about how will it affect the behavior of the virus and also how these uh, mutants will react to antibodies so that was the, that's part of my PhD project. Okay, well, if you're just joining us, it is uh, 10 minutes after 7. You're listening to Kaya FM 95.9. You're listening to Sidebar with uh, Dr. Cindy Van Sale. My name is Sotomayor, and I'm standing in for Dr. Cindy Van Sale. You are listening to Sandilek Gele, who is on the other end of the line, and uh, he's talking to us from KZN. He is a PhD student, and he is, uh, well, him and his team have done some amazing work. They managed to grow the COVID-19 virus, and they've been working on it and researching it and obviously finding out all sorts of things about the new variant that has been been discovered in South Africa. In fact, certainly, if I'm not mistaken, there's many other variants in different countries, right? Uh, yes, there are. The, we have seen like emergence of uh, viruses in other countries, but this is expected. The more uh, 
for viruses in the community circulating from from a person to person, it's gonna mutate. When the virus uh, replicates, it's, it's gonna have some changes in its genes. Okay. And so, mm, please carry on. You said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to say these changes that they happen, they happen, but some some of them they won't have that effect on the virus. Like uh, they won't uh, have uh, functional changes to the virus. It's just changes, minor changes in the gene uh-huh. that mean really nothing that doesn't affect us or affect how the virus infects or responds to antibodies. But now these new variants that are coming up, they've shown that they have reduced sensitivity to antibodies, which is a Mm-hmm. And that brings us to my next question, which I was going to ask. What did you find in terms of antibodies? I mean, I, I had COVID in December. And now, I mean, I'm just, you know, one of the biggest things for me was wondering whether or not my antibodies would protect me from the second, from this new variant. How do you know if you've had the the new variant or the old variant? But what did you find? Um, what were your results? So once we had the virus in the lab, the very first question that we needed to answer was that those people who were infected uh, around June with the, the original, I would say the original virus, are they then safe from being reinfected by the new variant? Mm-hmm. Like as I said, we were infected around, uh, you said December? Mine was December, yeah. So this December that we've just come from. You're just cut late. But mm. we wanted to check whether those people that they infect, that have recovered from the first infection, if they were safe from being reinfected. Mm-hmm. So what we did, since we had uh, a blood samples which, which contains the antibody mm. from my patients here in Devon which were infected during the first wave, mm. and then we had the new variant, so it was quite easy for us to put these uh, antibodies onto the new variant and see if the new variant, the antibodies actually bind to the new variant. If it does bind, it then reduces infection. If it doesn't, then you, uh, you, uh, you, if you are exposed to a new variant, you are, maybe you'll get infected. You'll get sick again, yeah. You're basically yeah. reinfection. Exactly. But the results that you, the question you wanted to know the results, right? Mm. Yes. <laughs> the results that we <laughs> found that the antibodies were less uh, effective in terms of binding to the new variant. It's not that they didn't recognize it at all, mm-hmm. but the, the, the binding to the new variant wasn't as good as it binded to the old virus. So mm-hmm. it, was, it was reduced there. It was reduced. So what does that mean then? So obviously, I mean, I understand that you're saying that um, it obviously means that you're not completely immune now because it, the, the binding was not as good. I mean, the first time it yeah. just literally sucked it up and it was in there. Now it doesn't bind as easily. So for somebody that's listening and wondering now, just a lay explanation, does that mean that you will get reinfected, but you will not get as sick? Or what does it mean? Or it will vary from uh, person to person. What does it mean? Thank you very much for your question. Mm. I get it a lot, and I'm glad I have a chance. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We have to remember now: all that I do, all that we do, is in the lab. Mm -hmm. It's it's in a dish where you have the cells, and then you put in your viruses and your antibody. See see how simple this is. So it's controlled the environment. Yeah, but it's a controlled exactly. (laughs) Yeah, and then. When you get infected, like a person's body is much more complicated. Mm-hmm. There's, there's much more to, to immunity than just antibodies. You also get your T cell activation, which also might help when you, uh, when you get exposed to the virus again. Mm-hmm. So what you do in the lab is more like a preliminary study, like to see, like uh, it gives you an idea what to expect. Mm-hmm. But you can't really draw like big conclusions from it. But it gives me like, we heard that, okay, we knew this virus is something to worry about. It doesn't really um, get recognized by antibodies. Mm-hmm. But it's difficult to say because we've seen this reduced uh, recognition that uh, a, person is, a person who will be exposed to a new variant, having recovered from the first wave, will get reinfected. You can't really say it from there. So this will, this will vary from person to person, clearly. Exactly. To answer that question of reinfection, mm. it's, uh, 
you can have like uh, there are people who have access to like, uh, hospital data, which, which can then pick up a person that got infected around June, mm-hmm. and then maybe a person that get uh, infected during the second wave. Mm-hmm. What can also be done is to sequence, like to look at the, these two viruses to see if it's really different viruses. So if it's different viruses, it means it's reinfection. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes it may happen that uh, the virus never gets cleared from your body. For some reason, it gets, uh, it gets reactivated. Okay, okay. Well, if you're just joining us, it is uh, just after quarter past uh, seven. You're listening to Kaya FM 95.9. You're listening to Sidebar with Dr. Cindy Van Sale. My name is Sotomayor and I'm standing in for Dr. Cindy. And uh, we are having a chat to Sandy Lekrele, who is a scientist. He's a PhD student. And he's talking to us about COVID-19 because he's part of a team that grew um, the virus in a lab. And, uh, you know, they managed to, to grow this virus and uh, in order to be able to study it and, and, and find out whether or not the antibiotics bodies um, from the original variant work with uh, with the new variant, which is, I suppose, is, is, is been one of the biggest things that have been we've been dealing with is this uh, this new variant of uh, COVID nineteen. So then, Sandile, now I understand what you're saying. Uh, old, old, you know, the original, the new variant. Does this then mean that there could be a third variant? You know what I mean? In other words, like an unlimited number of variants. Uh, like can it like continue a, to like just a, mutate? Like yeah, like can it, can <laughs> exactly can it continue then to mutate and mutate? Because first of all, I mean, I think for a layperson who, who's not like in science, I wasn't completely aware that it could mutate and we could find ourselves with a new variant. That was something that was never in my mind. We were just dealing dealing with yeah. COVID nineteen, and that was that. But now you say that viruses by nature are like that. They mutate, you know, they, they, they change. Sometimes the changes are insignificant. Sometimes they are significant. Now, obviously, COVID-19 seems to be a very um, potent, um, uh, what do you call it, a virus, right? And a, a clever virus, if, if, if you could say that. So yeah. now, does this mean that if we've had a second variant, there is a possibility that you might have other variants? It can continue to mutate or does the mutation stop at some point? Uh, well, if it could uh, move from being an original, uh, original virus, and after like six or seven months, we had a second wave with a, a virus with so many mutations. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, <laughs> you wouldn't be completely shocked. We get a, yeah, a, a, a third wave with a, a virus that has even more mutations to this 501YV2. Oh my goodness. But then, <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> then, <laughs> like you're scaring people. Right? I know. Then, <laughs> if it does happen, if it does happen, I'm sure our genomic uh, surveillance teams will be able to pick it up like when they see like increased number of cases in a particular area mm-hmm. and they'll get those samples and then they will then sequence and see if uh, what kind of uh, mutant we're dealing with. Or maybe it's just either 501YZ2 infecting where it didn't infect, uh, infect before or is it a new variant. Then if it's a new variant, then <laughs> we'll, we'll have to get it. To we'll the, cross the bridge when we get to it. it. Yeah, but uh, I think uh, if it does happen, we are in a, a good shape in terms of uh, dealing with it. Like uh, it won't come as a shock as the second wave came. Okay. But you hear people talking about the third wave, like on the news. The third yes, wave, the yes, yeah. So we are. Uh, <laughs> we know something like that might happen. So yeah. So it is a possibility that something of the sort might happen exactly. okay exactly. there's no saying that uh, the virus is mutated uh, it can't mutate anything we don't know what's going to happen next. okay well we're going to take a all short you, all you can do is uh, <laughs> try to stop it is to try to stop it right and to try to find ways to deal with it Exactly. Stay okay. Home. Um, Sandile, I'm going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to continue with this conversation. And as we'll try to get you to know you a little bit more, um, because I know people are very curious about the scientist, you know, this young black scientist, um, doing all sorts of amazing things. I mean, you know, so I, we'd also like to talk a little bit more about you, who you are, your career, how you decided, um, on scientist as a, as a, as a career. Um, so we're still going to be having a chat to you. Um, if you're just joining us, it is 
uh, 20 minutes after 7. You are listening to Kaya FM 95.9 and uh, we continue the conversation with Sandy Lekele who is a young scientist that is part of the team that managed to grow um, COVID-19 in a lab. Sidebar with Dr. Cindy on Kaya FM 95.9. It is uh, 23 minutes after 7. You are listening to Kaya FM 95.9. You are listening to Sidebar with uh, Dr. Cindy Van Sale. Um, and as I said earlier on, my name is Sotomayor and I'm standing in for Dr. Cindy and I'm chatting to Sandy Lekele, who is a scientist. And we're talking about COVID-19. We're talking about the work that he's done on COVID-19. And of course, I mean, many of us are very curious about him as a person as well. So we'll talk about him um, as a person as well. A little bit of a profile on him, who he is, what he studied, how he decided on science and uh, this as a career. So, Sunday, we were just talking before the break about, um, you know, the mutation and, you know, whether or not there could be a third wave. But then, you know, you have to wonder, at, is there an end in sight where, like, a virus runs its course? Is that, is that possible where you, it can't mutate any further, like it's done? Well, uh, we really wish that would be the case. Okay. Or it does uh, mutate and then... Uh, Maybe it reverses the mutations or something. But I think uh, for a virus, if it's not a long or big virus, maybe it does mutate to a point where it can't go any further. But for our best bet for this virus we're dealing with, I think it would be to try and stop the transmission and do our part. We've seen already the numbers are going down. We're getting the vaccine. Vaccination started today. So I think uh, if we keep doing what we've been doing, we're in a good shape. So is that the the best case scenario? What we can hope for is to stop the transmission, but not so much that the virus can just work itself out of the system. Or I read somewhere, and I don't think maybe I didn't fully understand the article as well that it could literally it could mutate, but it could get to a point where we have dealt with it enough for it to come back as you know like a common cold, a common flu. Um, it's, mm? it's kind of difficult to say when that will be. So for now, we can't rely on what the virus says. Can ah. do it. It's up to us uh, to do our part. Yeah, to take the bull by the horn, basically, and just get this, get on with the situation. If we're gonna, if we're gonna wait for that, uh, it might be too late for most of us. So, how effective do you think the the vaccine the vaccines will be? Because I know, I mean, you know, I'm sure you've also seen people saying that they don't want to be vaccinated and all sorts of theories about vaccines and people talking about 5G. Hey, hey, there's been a lot. There's a lot. There are clinical trials which give us, uh, clinical trials that give us numbers in terms of how effective the vaccines are. The vaccines would not be rolled out if uh, they were not effective. Mm-hmm. So the vaccines yeah. should... And they're vac- supporting uh, data like... Uh, that the vaccines will How help. They are. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And even if it does come back as a as a mutated virus, it might be a lit, it might not be as strong if we are vaccinated. Exactly. It might reduce deaths and hospitalization. Okay. Which is more what we're aiming for to help our healthcare workers not to have so many people coming in at the same time. I think that's good enough if we can reduce the number of deaths and people going to hospital. Okay, so and I suppose you know, you know, I know as a scientist, when you read all these all these things about like five G, Bill Gates, I don't <laughs> even know where Bill Gates comes in. You know, and you just wonder, you know, what is the fear with vaccinations? Because we have been vaccinated all our lives. I mean, you know, like this, this these anti vaxxers is a new thing. It's more a new. Everyone at some point we vaccinated, so. These talks and stuff that you see on social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but anyway, Sandy, let's get into conversation more about you, because you're young, you're a scientist, a career that might be, um, you know, a lit- I don't want to use the word unique, but a career that might not be. I mean, how many other black young scientists do you know? Ah, uh, there are plenty of us. <laughs> There's plenty of. I'm glad you hear that. Oh, I'm- yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually, yeah. yeah, I'm actually glad to know that. You know, I'm actually glad to know that because when you read and and you're hearing voices that are behind COVID, to hear a black voice um, talk about COVID as well from a from a point of being a scientist, from somebody who is an expert, somebody who's working on uh, this, it's I'll, just... I'll, I'll tell you why you don't hear so much about uh, so many people working on COVID. Mm-hmm. Remember I mentioned to you when we started about the PSL3 laboratory? Mm. 
thinking most of uh, uh, universities or laboratories, they don't have that kind of facility. It's a specialized lab. And uh, I'm lucky enough to be a place at Africa Health Research Institute where we have the PSL3 because that's the only lab you can actually do so much with this virus, work with it. So there aren't many places where you can work on, on this sort of virus? Exactly. I only, I, I only knew or heard of a, a biosafety level 3 lab when I joined Carrot, like six, uh, Africa Health Research Institute six years back. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know there was such a lab. <laughs> wow, wow, that is actually, that is quite amazing. So you are, I think, number five, the story said, of ten kids. Um, oh, with that to me now. Oh, yes, we're oh. talking about you now. Yes, we're talking about you now, because now people are curious, who's this person? <laughs> yeah, there's so many of them. Let me count again. Yeah, I'm the fifth one. And, and then there are, there are ten of us in total, yeah. Sure. And, you know, growing up... Guys, guys only. Ten boys? Yes. My yes. goodness. Okay, clearly like a loaf of bread in that house is going nowhere. Uh, 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 <laughs> it doesn't take us... I, I don't us think I've ever bought a loaf of bread in my life. <laughs> and I never intend to buy bread. I buy two or three. <laughs> and <laughs> that might not even be enough. Just a loaf. Ah, uh, it don't go anywhere. Yeah, and three might not even be enough. Yeah, 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 but now <laughs> we're all of different ages. Some we're not at home, like, uh, like, like uh, yeah, all at the same time. Exactly, but and you still can't go home with one bread. Yeah, you so have to anticipate maybe someone's there as well. So it's it's a very big family. So Christmas and and and, and holidays and all sorts of things never a dull moment. Yeah, there's there, there so many of us at home. So what was it like growing up as like? number five in like a very very big family and um, what was that like i i grew up in a, a rural uh, rural area mm. so it's it, it's not relevant it's not something like a, like it's just only my family when there were so many of us it wasn't unique my, yeah my neighbor so in the village it's it, it's a thing like there it's very rare to find a family where there are only two or three kids. Mm-hmm. Most of the families I know, they have like, so it's just nothing different. Mm-hmm. So it was just normal that there's so many of us at home. Exactly. You go to, to your neighbor, same story. So. And I would imagine, you know, in school, you were obviously a smart kid in school, right? Uh, primary school, uh, I, I was smart. Because, you know, there are those, uh, uh, when the term ends, you get to like, say who came first, you came second, and mm, number one, number two, number three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they won't do like uh, like a great one. This is number one. They just combine the results and say who became number one in that entire school or number two or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I would always make some change. So uh, I, I was quite mad. Ah, high school came. And? <laughs> Not so much. <laughs> <laughs> so, so high school was a bit of a. The mood. Yeah, I moved from, uh, I did the primary school back at home mm-hmm. in Brede. Mm. So for high school, I moved to here and came to Devon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the change and everything. So, because uh, at home, the first language was just Zulu. Mm-hmm. And then I came to Devon, now things changed. And now you're doing English, probably. English, and I, I, had, I had to adapt to that I'm doing Afrikaans and all. So, mm-hmm. so it was a little bit more difficult. Exactly. Because even my trick, I didn't do that well, but mm-hmm. I managed to get into fashion. Really? Oh my goodness. Yes, 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 yes. So how did you decide on a career, On how did you decide on science as a career? Um, what was the decision making behind you? Was it that you really enjoyed science, even though things were not going that well in high school? Was it just that I really actually like science? Mm, to be honest with you, <laughs> like you know when you get to your grade 10 you have to choose whether you go to commerce or science or whatnot. Mm-hmm. and then I, I don't know there's this thing that if you kind of smart or smart you probably go to science even the teachers will encourage you to go to science focus on that yeah exactly so that's how I got into science and then I did my grade 10 to 11, grade 12. I remember in grade 12, I wanted to apply for medicine. 
but I, I didn't know the closing dates were around June. Oh. So I didn't apply, and then I, I doubt I would have gotten in the results now. In order but to yeah, get into medicine? Yeah, you did really good results. Right? Yeah. And, but now here you are, you're a PhD student. Exactly. So and then I applied for biology, like biological sciences around September, mm-hmm. and I got accepted. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to tell your parents that this is what I'm going to study, biological sciences, um, I'm sure it was a, you know, I would imagine it's a great moment. It's <sighs> <laughs> such a deep sigh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the thing is, unfortunately, my mother passed away when I was in my grade 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was me and my father, and my father is that kind of person which is like... Um, if you come with the report, did you pass? And you'd say, yes, I passed. Congratulations. You say, I didn't pass. We'll see you next year, you know? Yeah. So he asked me when he came to that. I was like, no, I'm going to do biological sciences. He said, great. <laughs> and that <laughs> and was his like, response. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <okay>. Go. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I did that for first first day, I think. And then I, I learned of uh, biomedical sciences. Since I, 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 I wanted to do medicine, and then I said, okay, let me go with this biomedical and get some medical uh, studies as well. Do mm-hmm. biology and get some medical studies. Mm-hmm. Then I switched my second day to biomedical sciences. I told him again, he said, great. And then, yeah, that's how I, I got into science. Yeah. And the rest is history. And then you just kept on and on and on and on until yeah, we Yeah, and my marks started picking up. Because I, I did well in my third year. Mm-hmm. Which led me to do my uh, my honors in medical microbio. Mm-hmm. I I think I did good there as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I did really good there, and then I did my master's. So okay, yeah. and now we are looking at the PhD. Yeah, I finished my master's twenty thirteen. Mm-hmm. I went to do an internship with the Technology Innovation Agency mm. for just a one year internship. I was there for like eight months. Mm-hmm. And I applied at Africa Health Research Institute. Mm. And then I started working in 2014, and that's where I am now. Okay, well, if you just... I always wanted to do PhD, but, yeah, I kept on postponing it. Because I remember when I came for an interview at the Africa Health Research Institute, I, I, I told the, Dr. Alex, after maybe a year or two, after I've learned what you guys are doing here in the because I had, I had not yet HIV before. Mm-hmm. So I wanted just to get uh, the feel of the leg and know the techniques that they do. So, yeah. Okay. Two years came, I postponed it. <laughs> and just kept them. Mm. Exactly. Well, Sandy, I want to ask you. I know we did say earlier on that there'll be no callers, but I think people are very excited about you. And for the same reason that I am, you know. I mean, it's, it's, it's always nice to have a, a young person who's doing amazing things, who's at the forefront of something that is very amazing. So yeah. I would like to ask you if, you know, because people want to talk to you, you know, you, you know, you feel like Beyonce is here, but you can't touch her. You know, you what know, does happen I, now? I, Can I, it, I, I expected this. I knew this. Yeah, that I was going to ask you, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just so we can say hi. Hey, how are you? Are you, you know, COVID? Hey, you know, you, are you? So is it okay if we take like one or two calls um, of people that just want to have a chat to you? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Okay, great stuff. So we are chatting to Sandile Kale, who is uh, the young scientist uh, who's part of the team that was working that is working on COVID, and they they've been working on the new variant and to see what your antibodies do in terms of um, the new variant. And uh, we're taking a call now from Tabo. Tabo, thank you very much for joining us, and good evening. Good evening. Good evening, Soto. Hi, how are you, Tabo? Fine, myself. I'm good. Mm. Yeah, great show. Thank you. Sure. I just wanted to put one or two questions to Sandile. Sandile, uh, great work. Uh, congratulations. Uh, Sandile. Thank you. Okay, Tabo, your questions. Mm. Sandile, I might have this, this, the, the, the uh, first part of the interview. Uh, did, did you sequence the, the new variant yourself, or did you send, uh, uh, or did you sequence it elsewhere, or was it done in the lab, in your lab? Okay, give him a second to answer. Sandile? Oh, Shabbat. Uh, Hello? Hi, yes, Sandile, we're still here. So you got that question, Annie? Yeah, yeah, I got the question. And okay. Thanks for that question. Mm. Uh, Prof. Tulio from uh, CRISP, 
they do sequencing for us. I, I don't do sequencing. So we send them samples, they do the sequencing for us. And what does that mean? Suddenly for me, that's listening, and I'm not sure what you mean now when you're talking about sequencing. What does that mean? Sequencing is looking at the genetic makeup of the virus. Uh-huh. Like you put your original virus, you look at how uh, its genes are aligned, and then your variant, uh, when it has changed, it would be different from the original one. Oh. Like looking at the genetic makeup. Uh-huh. But I'm just putting it broadly. It's more... Uh, Okay, okay. Uh, Tabo, your, um, your next question for Sandile? Yeah. Oh, no, the, the next question was actually a follow-up to, but you, you, perhaps you, you might answer it. I wanted to find out of the new generation sequencing. Uh, which, which one did you, did you use the, the Roche system, the applied bio system? You might not be aware if, 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 if it was not done in the lab. Uh, the, maybe, maybe this will be a relevant question to you. But I wanted to find out of the new generation sequencing platforms, which one? Uh, yeah, sorry. Or, or, the, or the applied biosystem. Okay, Sandy, I'll tell you that I'm very lost right now, but you can answer Tabo on behalf of all the <laughs> other scientists no, out no, there no. that understand what you are talking about. <laughs> yeah. No, as I said, I didn't do the sequencing myself, so yeah. I, I, I can't answer Tabo on that. But it's something that I can uh, always ask her. The guys who who, who does it for us, what what do they use to sequence it? Okay, thank you very much. Um, yeah. Sandy, uh, th- th- yeah, Sandy, a great work. But uh, uh, by, by the way, just as a coincidence, which campus are you at? Maritzburg, uh, Devon, or Devon Uh Which campus? Uh, I mean, uh, Nelson uh, Mandela School of Medicine. Ah, okay, sure, great. But great, great work. Thank you very much. Tab, I'm guessing you're also like in the science. Faculty. Yes, yeah. I did, I did write English at, 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 at uh, Maritzburg. Okay, so, so I, I very interesting stuff. Yeah, I figured that I, definitely you sure. must you must also be um, a man of science. Thank you very much for your call, Tabo, and and thank you for your questions. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, Richard. Okay, great stuff. If you're just joining us, it is uh, 20 minutes uh, to 8 o'clock. You're listening to the home of the Afropolitan. You're listening to Kaya FM 95.9. We're having a chat to Sandile Kale. Um, we're talking about science. We're talking about COVID. We're talking about the work that he's done with COVID. We're talking about the fact that, you know, he's managed to, him and his team have managed to recreate uh, the COVID-19 virus in a lab. And they what they've done is to check whether or not, you know, the new variant responds to antibodies, which is really great work, amazing work that he's done with his team. But we also talking about him as well as a person and we've just had a call from Tab who's also a man of science and asked all sorts of questions that went straight over my head but uh, if you also have questions for him he's a little bit open uh, just a little bit open to asking uh, um, uh, uh, taking your questions on 86 we're going to take a short break when we come back we still continue the conversation with uh, Sandy Lekdale Sidebar every Monday to Thursday from 7 to 8pm on Kaya FM 95.9 well, now we carry on with our conversation. Um, we have been talking to Sandy Lekkele. We're talking to the scientist, Sandy Lekkele, as well as talking about the man behind the scientist, um, talking about his career, talking about what he's done in terms of COVID, his, you know, I suppose, aspirations, inspirations. Um, Sandy Le, thank you so much for staying with us. Um, you know, I, I was a big fan of the Big Bang Theory, um, which is basically like a group of scientists. Uh, I, I don't know if you, you, you get to watch any TV when <laughs> you are in that lab it's where like things go it's like yeah. I watch it like I still am yeah yeah so I thought season yeah. three of it I still watch season two and season one every now and then oh I absolutely love it uh, completely completely love it um, yeah. so I'm sure as a scientist you've got other scientists that you look up to right or, or, or certain inspirations uh, in, in your field of science um, for you who are those people what is your biggest inspiration when it comes to science uh, I have to say, uh, I look up to my, uh, my, my my boss or my mentor, Dr. Alex Sikar. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's the dedication to the work is, uh, is amazing. Yeah. Like, as I said, he's like, he, he just said to stop doing what we're doing. When the first case of COVID came in, he said, we need to get our hands into this. So that's uh, on its own. It tells you a lot about the guy. So. Yeah, and very much on the ball. I'm moving with what is happening at the moment and staying current. And he was with me during, you know, when I said I worked through the, the December holidays. And he, he would come in like almost every day with me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To come and work Even with Even though he wasn't in the lab, but he would be in his office and doing his stuff. And then I would get results and discuss the results with him. Mm-hmm. He, he, he's there. Yeah. The inspiration. So what does it mean, um, though? For, oh, sorry, Sandy, I'm sorry to cut you off. 
Sure, that is, I, you know, that's, it's always special when you find somebody to mentor you that you can look up to. Um, yes, yes. So what happens now with your work with HIV AIDS? Because I would imagine now, because HIV AIDS obviously doesn't go away suddenly because we've got uh, COVID. Um, what happens with that work? No, no, when you put it on stop, it's not that you're not going to do it again. Or mm-hmm. It's just that even in the in the hospitals now, like, to get studies, get uh, HIV, like, you have, you have uh, nurses, a limited number of nurses, so we have to put our nurses on to concentrating on COVID as well. Like, it's not that these projects, like, we're not going to go back to them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, as soon as things take it down, then... We can then open this project again. And there'll be other projects to work on as well. So what is the one thing that you want to work on? You know, um, I suppose as somebody that is in the science, maybe there's something that you, you eh, there's other viruses that you want to work on. What is like the one thing that you would, your dream project? <laughs> you know, be, before uh, I started my PhD, I always told my uh, supervisor that uh, like when they those performance appraisal things that they do at work. Yeah. I could say I would really like to have a project of my own because as a lab technologist, yeah, you, you work with uh, different people, like different projects and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you don't really get into it one project that you will understand. I only told him I wanted to get a project like that. And then I registered for PhD uh, around February. Mm-hmm. Then SARS case came on March. And it was like, here's your, here's your chance. To do something. This. Yeah, this is this is yours. <laughs> so I was, I was, I was so excited. And, uh, and, uh, there's so much work. I think, I believe like even if uh, it's not that grave or whatnot, there will still be work to uh, to be done in terms of uh, understanding the virus. So and, mm. uh, for now, I would like to get in deep into this uh, SARS-CoV-2 uh, virus and really, really work on it. So it's safe to say that you could possibly be working on the project of your life at the moment. It doesn't get better than this. To be part of a pandemic virus, that is yeah. Everyone, it's really. Uh, I, I I know it's a, it's every scientist dream to <laughs> to get into working in such an important work. To be working, you know, right in the middle of of a pandemic of a virus like that whatever result you get. It matters. It's this. It's really. I think as a scientist, we want to be part of such a project. Exactly. You know, and especially a virus that is a very difficult to understand as a layperson. I think maybe as a scientist it's different, but I think as a layperson, I find that I don't fully understand. Um, Even with that scientist, like uh, you always get like new things every day, so it's really exciting. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm glad I'm part of it, and I'm in it. Yeah, to, to yeah. get to understand. What would you say, what do you think are some of the myths or things that, you know, that you think are, the things that we think are true about the virus but are not, the myths around the virus? Because there's so much information that's running around. It's some, sometimes it's hard to decipher between the real and the and the not real. Can you give me like an example that like, I can tell you? You know, when the virus started, um, obviously they said that it, you, we talked about pangolins, then we talked about bats, then we talked about a wet market, and then and then and I'm like, okay, where where does it come from? Like, did, did it was it a pangolin? Was it a bat? Or what was it? Well, everything does suggest that the circulation virus is closely related to those found in bats. Okay, it, the evidence points to that. So, you know, people but they will just talk like, uh, but. Evidence says it's uh, more closely related to those that are found in bed. And not the pangolin? I would say uh, not the pangolin. Maybe there is some sort of similarity with that that's found in pangolin. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I guess maybe that's why they are uh, people sent by WHO to, to China to try and find those answers to us so that we all on the same page. So that we all understand. But how does a virus jump from a bat? To a human, uh, like really, I, I don't know how how that happens, mm-hmm. but it's possible that uh, that is that the virus from the the bed uh, 
people have receptors that you can actually bind to. Maybe it uh, infected that one person mm-hmm. and then multiplied and then he, he or she started like uh, spreading it around. It's possible. I'm not saying that's how it happened. But it's very difficult to actually see um, exactly. how would a virus mutate from an animal um, to a human because it's not the first time, right, we've ever had a, a virus that mut- that went from a, from from an animal to, to humans. Yeah, maybe there are some, uh, some similarities in the receptors that uh, that particular animal has, or in the person, like a virus can cause infect, like infect uh, a person and also infect an animal. Like uh, you know with HIV that uh, it also infects uh, monkeys and stuff, but it also infects people. The difference is that it doesn't cause disease in monkeys. Ah, uh, it just stays in the body. What, it lies dormant? Is if Does that make sense? Am I making sense? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe it doesn't stay dormant. It's just that it doesn't cause disease. Maybe what HIV does, it causes uh, the body to attack itself. Mm-hmm. Maybe it just doesn't trigger that in there. Uh, in monkeys. Exactly. And can it go back, like in terms of COVID-19? So it's not jumped from from the bats. So in other words, if if it's jumped from the bats to the humans, and now it's mutated in in, in humans in the sense that there's a new a variant, can it then move back to animals to to a bat? In other words, can can an animal now be infected with the new variant of the virus? Uh, I'm really not sure, but that um, if a human comes close enough to a particular animal, they might spread it. Whether it will infect or not, that's another question I cannot answer. Mm-hmm. So that would be something else, uh, you know, if it did happen, it would be something else that would be a new thing to study. Yeah, I don't think it will really happen, but as I said, it's a... Uh Let's not go there. Yeah, yeah. and get too <laughs> creative with our thoughts. No, no, we are, we are getting too far out. <laughs> and world domination of, of species and things that are going to come from out of that. <laughs> yeah, then it's going to come back from the past. Get back to us now. It's too far, I thought. Well, if you're just joining us, it is uh, seven minutes uh, to seven o'clock, nearly the end of the show. And we are talking to Sandilek Kale. Uh, we're talking to the scientist, uh, Sandilek Kale. We're talking to him about um, the amazing work that he's done um, with COVID. And he continues to do some amazing work with this team, um, uh, still working on figuring out um, COVID-19. So, Sandilek, you found out, obviously, that the antibodies maybe are not as strong when it comes to um, the new variant. What is your next project when it comes to COVID-19? What are you working on right now? Uh, <laughs> right now, mm-hmm. uh, we've uh, written an article on that antibody work. Mm-hmm. So we sent it for publication and then came back with minor reviews. So we had to do additional experiments. So that's what I have been busy with. But uh, when that uh, when we close that chapter, there will be more. Like there's so much that can be done. It's more like a matter of um, <laughs> choosing where a project that it has more impact. Like the, the field is wide open. We have the virus in the lab to work with. Like we have access to some of the samples, like hospital samples. So yeah. really. <laughs> but uh, what I can tell you is that uh, we will be working on this. <laughs> I tried to start it some of the work and uh, we will report once we get there. So uh, there's still... Tell you exactly what <laughs> we've been doing and what we, we have found. So there's still loads and loads and loads of work to do. So before we let you go, just as part of our parting shot, um, you know, I know for a lot of kids, when you think about, and here I'm, maybe I'm just being a little bit sentimental, when you think about career and stuff, and this might not be a career that might be um, easily accessible, especially to uh, black kids when you think about sciences, you know, um, as well, because it's, it's the kind of thing where you need to be good, I would imagine, with maths and science and biology. No, 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 not necessarily. Not, not, not really. You know, if I were to tell you, maths, uh, I, I was never good at maths. Really? I think I, 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 think I got about uh, 49% of, it's not 48, it was below 50. And this is somebody that was like cum laude, right? <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> I mean, what I'm saying is that when you graduated, you graduated cum laude, right? Yeah, and you and maths was not on my on my own 
Yes, my but maths was not was not one of your strongest points. Uh, well, when you uh, when I was doing my honours, I was more focused on medical microbiology yeah, and yeah. biostatistics and stuff. But it's not just like your high school maths. But I think you know the biggest misconception as well is that in order to go into a career of science, you have to be good at maths. You know, if if you're looking at any career in sciences, I think for a lot of kids, you know, at least for a lot of people, you assume that you have to be great at maths. You have to be getting an A in maths in order for you yeah, to... Yeah, it, it, is, it is recommended that to be like, you have to be good in maths or physics like that. But uh, being good at something, it doesn't mean that you have to always get the 80 and the 90%. Mm-hmm. 50%, 70%, 50% plus hard work. I'm telling you. And I like that message that, you know, you don't have yeah. to um, beat yourself up over the fact that you got 60% in order for you to be yeah, good. Yeah. yeah, in order for you to be good at something and have a career in something, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to get like 60%. Yep, yep. You have to get like 100%, 90%. No, 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 no. Get your 50, get your 70, be consistent, work hard, things will fall into places. Well, thank you very much uh, for joining us, Sandile, and good luck with the amazing work and the good work. And I hope that when you, uh, you know, when you find something that is amazing, we can always, uh, you know, hit you up and ask you what it is that you're working on because <laughs> this is because this is the biggest thing in the world. I think for everyone, there's I was, nothing. I was, I, I was about to say that that I'm saving now. Mm. Yeah, that's that. So that you guys call me again, then, so we can check up. Yeah, so you can, you know, give us an update. Tell us how the vaccines are going. Are they working? Are they not working? Yeah, what have you seen in the vaccine space? You know. No, just hit me up whenever. Yes, yes. Thank you, so, thank you so. Thank you, thank you so much for joining us, Sandile. And like I said, um, good luck with all the amazing work that you and your team are doing. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Thank you. So that is uh, that was Sandy Lekele, who is uh, a scientist and, uh, you know, doing some amazing, amazing work. Um, one of the scientists in South Africa that were involved in um, recreating the virus COVID-19 and being able to study it and see um, what this new variant means in terms of the antibodies. If you have the antibodies because you've had the virus, what does it actually mean? So amazing, amazing work that uh, him and his team have done. And that brings us to the end of the show. And of course, I will be back tomorrow, same time, same place, uh, standing in for Dr. Cindy Van Sale. Coming up on the home of the Afropolitan is Michael Mutuning Bull. And uh, it is open line for him today. If you've got any law questions that you'd like to ask, the number to dial is 086. Six double zero double zero nine five nine from Miso Tomea. It is goodbye. Rewinding, rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.